Hi, Joy. Welcome to the latest episode of uh, La Magicast. I'm your host, Scott Monroe. Welcome to episode 167. We're recording over a day, just over a day after Roma shut the bed against Lazio in the Derby della Capitale and lost 1 0 due to a mistake from Roger Ibanez, uh, ex West Ham striker. Call him a striker or a wide forward. Felipe Anderson netted the winner. Uh, they won. Lazio won the first their first away Rome derby in the league. I think since 2017 in Luciano Spalletti's last season at the club, and with that result, cost Roma the, the scudetto. With me tonight to talk about the fun of yesterday, I've got both Daniel and Imran. I can imagine both of you are feeling as much as pissed off as I am about yesterday's result. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. All right, let's get into this. That's two profanities for me. <laughs> Sorry, Sam. There might be some swearing in this podcast. So yesterday was uh, the Rome derby. All the hype, all the pre-match uh, vitriol. And then Roma did a Roma thing and lost the game 1-0 due to a stupid mistake from Roger Ibanez. Probably the only mistake he's made this season. And it's not his first mistake against Lazio. If we rewind the clock to January 2021, when Manuel Lazzari just absolutely ruined him in that Rome derby where Lazio won 3-0. So all the ecstasy and the hype after the game and the win, which I was at uh, against the Bulgarian side Ludogorets on Thursday, all the heart, all the amazing feelings afterwards. And this is a massive, massive low. Uh, this is an open field that we can just vent, vent, vent. Uh, who wants to kick off about yesterday's result and how they feel afterwards? And what was the main problem of it? I think Daniel should go ahead. Well, the main problem, where to start? I mean, uh, so much is, is wrong with the team at the moment, I think. But um, on Roger Ibanez in particular, I don't blame him too much because... I think uh, someone else said it. I think I read it on Twitter or maybe it was privately in a WhatsApp chat. But I don't know why we build up from the back um, like that from the goal kick because it never works out. We don't ever accomplish anything by doing that. So I don't even know why we try with playing the ball short to Ibanez there. But very good from Lazio. Sari after the game said they had uh, planned to do something like that to press the centre-backs really high at the restart. So... Their plan worked, and to be honest, I think one of the most frustrating parts about accepting what happened yesterday is that Lazio, I think, barely tried in a way. I mean, they put a good effort in in defending, and we must remember they have the second-best defense in the league, but we didn't really make it difficult for them at any point, I would say. So I think that's always the upsetting thing. I, I think we've lost many derbies in the last few years or uh, it's okay to lose the derby for me personally. I don't. I don't get. I don't overreact to losing the derby. It's more the way in which it happened, and to have barely tested them. Uh, and when you consider that they were missing Immobile, they were missing Milinkovic Savic. Uh, this was our chance to 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 get a really important win, or even to take a drawback would have been good. Um, but now instead, I think we've invited quite a bit of pressure. Luckily, there's only two games to go before the break and it will depend how we how we do in those ones. But yesterday was a terrible, terrible, terrible performance from, from everyone all around. And this team still lacks an identity. And um, without Dybala, we are 
we do not know how to create attacking chances, I think. Imran, the floor is yours. You were, you were ready for a vent. Let's do this. No, I agree with uh, I agree with Danny. It's uh, the it was a stupid mistake, uh, and uh, Lazio they really analyzed uh, and did their tactical preparation was um, you know I, I would say I would say perfect because it was uh, it was just what they needed. They knew when to apply pressure, and especially the uh, the centre backs, and they did that because they know they know that. We uh, we somehow try to build uh, from behind, and uh, it's difficult to find. You know, it's difficult to have options there because it's because we have such a static midfield. So what happens is that the player or the defender or the centre back has to take one, two, three, or four extra touches before. You know what happens all the time is that you just. A long ball up uh, because you don't find any um, any option in midfield. That's exactly what happened. It was it was a, a big mistake, a mistake that ultimately decided the game. But I, I I think there's more to the game than just that because you need to have a game plan. Uh, you need to know what to do. You need to analyze every possible scenario in a derby. What hap- What what do you do if you go? A goal down. What do you do if you get a man go a man down? If you get someone sent off, everything you need to be prepared for everything. But uh, yesterday, as many times this season, which has been the theme this season, is that we had nothing to come up with. We had no, we had virtually no game plan whatsoever. We didn't know. We didn't we, because. You saw that the players they look completely lost, and I'm not. I know that the performance was subpar, generally for most of the players. But this is what happens when you when you when you don't have any game plan. The players look lost. They don't have any reference point. They don't know where to look for answers. So what happens? They just pass the ball around without being able to to create any space your i mean in the second half yesterday we didn't have a single shot on goal and that's that's shocking in a derby the most important game uh, of the season against your direct rivals and you, you you have nothing to come up with that's that's shocking because just uh, just the game in itself uh, i mean the magnitude of uh, the game and the preparation should be enough to at least generate something but yesterday we, we we weren't able to do that, and um, uh, like I've said many times, for how long can you just keep blaming the players that they are not good enough? And you face an <laughs> you face an opponent where Cataldi bossed your midfield, and you know who the hell is Cataldi? It shouldn't happen on this level. If you look at their lineup, it's nothing. You know, it's it's not an impressive team at all. But somehow. Uh, they are better coached and they looked so much better in uh, in uh, in everything they did. Uh, so so it was it was a, a, it was a disappointing game. It was it gave me vibes of the Coppa Italia loss in in uh, 2013 uh, because uh, yeah, it was dreadful, really. 
Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I think Cataldi, Marisic, Romagnoli, and Casale were probably the four best players for Lazio on the on the pitch. Like, yeah, but just look at the names, Scott. Just look at yeah. these names. These, these are, you know, like uh, they're not big names. They are just uh, the the system is getting the best out of these players. Mm. And that's what I've been saying throughout the season. I mean, look at look, look at the players we have. Um, you know, in the same, if you put Cristante in that team of Lazio yesterday, he would dominate that midfield. Why? Because there's a clear uh, system, identity. a pattern, oh, identity. Yeah. You know exactly what's expected of you. Uh, and yesterday, what's expected of uh, uh, Cristante? He doesn't know. He doesn't know what's expected of. Him. He doesn't know what to do. He looked completely lost. I mean. Whenever he got the ball, he tried. He 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 was so desperate that he, you know, he just wanted to get rid of the ball. He didn't want to have the ball because he didn't know what to do with it. I mean, I know some players they have that um, quality that they are comfortable with possession. They want to have possession. They want to create something. Cristante is not a player like that. He's a system player. He needs a proper system which he can relate to, identify, be identified by, and follow. A, you know, typical. Game uh, you know, instructions. He he he's a guy who needs to follow instructions. You have Dybala on the other hand, not that type of guy. He's like a free floating player, a playmaker. Mm. He's Off the he can play in a free role. Yeah, yeah. So you have to you have to look at the players you have and how uh, in which you know uh, how you can get the best out of them. And yesterday, I think it was it, it, it was a proof that. Uh, you have uh, you played against a side which I believe are you know it's inferior to you. They have Pedro who you know was deemed not good enough for Roma playing in a derby, intercepted the ball up high. Why? Because he's playing in a system which gets the best out of, best out of him. Mm-hmm. Well, as you have Zaniolo, potentially you know three four times the player uh, Pedro is now. You're, you're unable to get anything out of him. And, no. and mind you, these are these are good players. Mm-hmm. Completely agree. Remember, Cristante was the system player at Atalanta, and do you know where he was playing under Gasparini in that season that he had? Yeah, almost was... like a attacking midfielder. Yeah, he, playing, he, scored, he, he, had, he scored ten uh, goals in ten uh, yeah. in in Serie A. He, he he was he was. I mean, and the other thing is, if you have system players let's call them that uh, just for the sake of if you have so-called system players either you get rid of them because you're not going to get the best out of them or you 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 don't play them in decisive games because yesterday there was no system and as soon as Lazio scored it 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 was uh it was shocking that uh, we had nothing to come up with absolutely nothing you you said you saw like people players didn't know what they were doing. When do you remember when Saki Chalek, I think it was the last two substitutions were coming on. Uh, so it was for about a minute I was watching Saki Chalek on the on the TV. He didn't know what position he was playing. It, it had no idea if he was still playing as the third centre back or playing as right back. That's this was about fifteen or twenty minutes to go. I think it was the last two subs. Was it Oh, Matic came on and they switched to the diamond or a diamondish formation. And there was just nothing. It was just pathetic. But who is to blame? Is it the one who cannot be named? And we, if we do name him, we get, we get abuse on social media and there's already been some already, or is it still the players? 
Danny. Um, it cannot be the players, I'm afraid. Yeah. Uh, because um, I'll tell you what, in people, there, there are many studies about how to predict who will win the league every season, right? And one of the biggest predictors is international caps in your, in your squad. And if you look at our squad, we have internationals all over the squad. You know, Lazio don't really have that, at least not the squad that played yesterday. Uh, we have internationals who play for big countries and have played many games for these countries. Um, it's very unlikely that the problem is the players, in my opinion. Um, the problem is that Mourinho, I think right now, we, 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 the only way we can create a chance in open play is through a, a quick player, a quick or unpredictable player. And those are El Sharawi, Zalewski, uh, and Volpato, and Zaniolo to some extent, who come to the top of my mind. We don't... Um, for example, Lazio, in other games, when I watched them yesterday, they didn't do much. But in other games, they cause uh, overlaps, they cause underlaps. They really focus on having numerical superiority in the right areas of the pitch. They play high. Roma don't do any of this. And that's why I think a player like Pellegrini begins to struggle this season because he's not super dynamic. He's not very quick. Uh, he doesn't often beat his player uh, in a one-on-one -on -one dribble. Many of our players do not. So it's very difficult for these players to make space and make something happen. Even Abraham, you know, I think Abraham best plays um, in the box, you know, finishing uh, I think under Mourinho at Roma, he's being asked to touch the ball too much and too far away from goal and with his back towards goal. Um, but our football and our chance creation comes from our quick players. We need them to, to bail us out of, of problems. And that's why Volpato looks so good right now, I think, because even yesterday he created some half chances, but it's because he's one of the few players who has a turn of pace and some individual ability. But it's being left now to individuals to unlock one-on-ones. And I'm really convinced that this is the case because I also hear Mourinho, after many, many games this season and last, he often talks about winning one-on-one duels, -on -one, uh, you know. And yesterday, for example, he said we lost all of them. Um, and it's true, but I think he's he, he divides football into two s small moments, you know. I think... There's a bigger picture here of how the team should move and and uh, move with and without the ball on the pitch, and I, I just think we look terribly static. And um, I don't know. There's only there's only two options. Either he's telling him that, telling the players to do this and they don't listen. I, I find unlikely, or he's not telling them to do this and he's focusing on other things which I think are less relevant. You know and too much focused around mentality and wanting to win the game. I mean, you can want to win the game as much as anything. I'm sure the players yesterday wanted to win. It's the best atmosphere you're going to play in that stadium yesterday. Unfortunately, at the end of the day, if you're poorly trained or coached, that's it. You, you're unlikely to win. So for me, it has always been Mourinho, more or less. He's been unlucky with some injuries here and there. But the team that we lost to yesterday proves that a manager should get more out of the team, not less. Completely agree. Absolutely spot on. He's been saying these sort of things for a while now. Um, but yeah, uh, Imran, it's, it, I, we will get criticized for this on social media and uh, let's bring it on. Honestly, don't care. Um, but 
it's on him. I I tweeted out if this was Di Francesco, if this was Rudy Garcia, or if this was Paolo Fonseca, social media will be absolutely on them for the performances in the derby. Well, remember Fonseca lost the derby three nil in at the earlier twenty twenty one. He got hounded. This was in his final year at the club where uh, it started to tail off in March, April time where they were just focusing on the Europa League. But that Derby performance was shocking. It was on that level. We, we have to criticize Jose, don't we? Yeah. Anything else would be ridiculous. It was, uh, if you, you have to hold him responsible, uh, for the Derby because, okay, you can, uh, you can't hold him responsible for the stupid mistake by Ibanez. I you know, completely agree with that. But the thing is, you need to come up with something after that because you have you have 60 minutes. I think the goal came around something like 29 minutes was uh, played. Uh, so you have uh, 60 plus, almost 10 minutes injuries, 70 minutes of football where you are unable to prove anything, anything, you know, anything productive, uh, not a single shot on goal in the second half. You leave everything to individuals to create some, you know, situation out of nothing or coincidence. The fundamental problem is that there is no underlying organized tactical, you know, organized attacking play. We don't know how to attack as a team. And if you are not able to do that, it will be so easy to defend against that. Because yesterday you saw Pellegrini running from midfield towards the goal, trying to dri- dribble players to what to come in a position where he could fire a long shot or find some player. But the, the, the thing is, ten or twenty meters, you know, one is on his way. It, your opponent will intercept that. It's so easy to it's all, so easy to defend against that, and that's why that, that's why I think that. He has to take uh, the blame for that because the responsibility is his. If we had come up with, if we had reacted in a way, played in a certain way, created chances, missed them, I would have been fine with it. I would have said, okay, you know what? At least, at least uh, uh, you could see that they were trying to do something. There was, uh, they reacted after going a goal down. There was. Uh, there was a pattern in in the attacking play which said that okay they know they know what they are doing but yesterday there was nothing which should resemble anything like that so I think that's that's worrying and uh, that's a sign of worry throughout the season because it's it's the same problem and we have not been able to address that you might say that we were missing some players but that's not a good enough excuse because Lazio were missing players as well and. They had a game plan where they were tactically better prepared. The game plan worked exactly like they wanted. Well, as for us, it was we were just we were just wait. Our game plan was waiting for them to give us space, commit a mistake. That's not how football works because you have to you have to force them on your opponents. You have to be able to know how to create space. You have to be you have to know how to. Like Danny mentioned, uh, numerical superiority or positional superiority. You need to know how to move as a team to uh, put your team out of 
position. Uh, that's how you do it. And yesterday, we didn't have any of that. Any of that. Uh, so for Lazio, it was really easy to defend against against us. Yeah, Lazio had a game plan of pressing high, which both you, you and Daniel have mentioned, and it, it worked because there was more than one time in the first half where Lazio pressed high with Felipe Anderson, Pedro, and except Sicani, who had Mancini in his back pocket, which made him Mancini get substituted at half time, um, and then they were forcing a mistake, and then in the second half they let Roma have the ball. Roma didn't create anything. There was two efforts on goal, which were both missed off target, which was Abraham with the toe poke just wide, the Chris Smalling effort at the the back post from a corner, and then Lazio defended in a low block with uh, probably the two best players on the pitch with Cataldi and Romagnoli protecting the back four, and it was just outstanding. Um, But it's just frustrating. It's just so annoying that... I could see this coming a long way. Um, me and you, Imran, have been talking about on this pod for what the last four or five weeks until we're blue in the face that there is a performance out there where Roma will struggle and it has been coming where it's been lethargic, lack of identity, no rhythm and just Roma just getting by by the seat of their pants and just just winning games by the odd goal and they don't create much and it's just very very frustrating and but oh thank god there's only two games left before the world cup roma do need a reaction because they play on wednesday uh early evening against Sassuolo, and then they're playing against torino who are a bit struggling at the moment because they lost to bologna yesterday morning but where do roma go from now guys do they is it just trying to eke out the last two games before the World Cup and then regroup, or is it just is this going to have a, a a damning factor on them? I think, we will, me personally, I think we will see the same. I think it will be the same uh, thing throughout until the end of the season. Uh, there will be you know up and down, a good result here, and then when you expect the team to you know gain some momentum and consistency they will lose a game they will start over again we will you know have an uncon- unconvincing win here and there and when when it really matters we will hope that our attack- attackers will score you know something from nothing which has been the case uh, throughout the season and then you have a city which uh, completely you know loves this uh, loves the coach uh, which makes him immune to criticism uh, but now you see that especially the comment section that people are trying to you know people have come more out they are speaking up against the problems and you know there are talks of renewing his contract I think, I think that's silly to do that at this point he has a three year contract we're, we're halfway into we're almost halfway into uh, his three year contract and uh, he has uh, won uh, the Conference League, but apart from that, in the league, which is important, and remember, the Champions League is essential for this club to, you know, have a sustainable financial situation in the years to come. It's dependent on the Champions League money. If you can't produce that, if you can't deliver top four, uh, you have not done enough to to warrant, uh, you know, to to earn yourself uh, contract renewal. Uh, so it's, uh, and I think. Long term, it will have um, it will have uh, an effect on the players as well. If 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 you're not 
able to get the best out of them. If you, I mean, Abraham would have been a hot prospect this summer if we would have sold him. But now the way he's playing, it's not uh, it's not looking good for him. And that that could be the same story for many other players. Pellegrini, at some point, these players will also become frustrated. So I think the it's not going in the right direction the way it is now. We might bounce back and um, and win against Asuelo and T- Torino, but I think long term uh, nothing will change unless you start playing football uh, in an organized way, especially uh, in attack. And nothing suggests, if you know Mourinho and his history, nothing suggests that that will happen because Mourinho's football can only take you this far. We know it. And um, at his peak, when he was, you know, the mastermind of one-off games, uh, especially knockout uh, and in in the leagues as well, he had uh, players from a different generation who gave him something else. But that now our struggles are different. We need, and football has evolved since then. It's become it's become difficult. It's become because no team will give you the space that was given 15 years ago. So you need to come up with something else. It's the same as, and it's not you know he's 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 turning 60 years old in uh, in January. So at some point when you when you go into your 60s, you're not. You're not the same coach as you know in your forties. Uh, if you look at Sacchi, Capello, Trapattoni, Trapattoni managed to make himself relevant uh, in, in his seventies as well. But it's not he didn't get the same jobs uh, like in his forties with Juventus, Inter, Bayern Munich. So I think you, you see the same uh, the trajectory of a lot of coaches is that they have their peak in their 40s 50s but at some point there is a downfall mm-hmm. and you know if you look at uh, the pattern of Mourinho it's nothing it's nothing personal against it it's it's obvious uh, you can see it in front of him he was coaching uh, Real Madrid uh, Chelsea Manchester United big team then you have Tottenham not an elite team good team but not an elite team and then you have Roma same, I mean, same level, or even below. If you think about economic power, you know mm, they have. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it's not it's not going in in that direction. So uh, and it's nothing personal against the guy. He's had a you know great career. He's one of the legends. But it's obvious that things are not working as they should. Whereas that blame is uh, that's different. I you know we try to. Uh, give what we think if people think that's uh, if they take it personally they're free to do that uh, it's, it's nothing wrong with that but me i want uh, team you know roma that's my first priority and i and i want them to do well and i i believe that right now we're not doing it and uh, to 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 say that Mourinho has absolutely nothing um, you know, has no responsibility whatsoever for that. That's that's ridiculous. If you ask, if you ask me, yeah, I completely agree. Uh, Daniel, do you echo uh, Imran's thoughts? Yeah, I think. I mean, we have to face facts as well. I think managers are just like football players. I mean, they have a up and coming phase. They have a peak, and then they will naturally have a uh, the downward part as well. I mean, Mourinho has been 
I think he got the job at Benfica in 2000. So he's been coaching yeah. for 22 years. Yeah. 20, 22, 23 years. I mean, you'd be hard pressed to find a manager who stayed at the top level for that long. And he did stay at the top for very long. So he was already very good, but it's natural that his ability will wane a bit. And I think like Imran alludes to there, I mean, the fact that he's at Roma means he has dropped to some degree, of course. And um, I think it's, it's not even, I'm sure he's a nice guy as well. I think he is a nice guy. I just think that it's natural that he's beginning to regress and um, the it's evident in the football. So, yeah. No, I completely agree. Um, I miss attacking football. That's all I'm going to say. And if that gets any hate, bring it on. Um, do you get any, I'm starting to get vibes of the last reigns of Rudy Garcia and Eusebio Di Francesco in this little run recently. I don't know if you two were getting those little vibes where it's a little bit of individual brilliance and a set piece, and then we'll just grind out a win. Yeah, well, unlike from those spells, remember that with uh, Rudy Garcia and uh, Di Francesco, you had a group of players that were not... Um, so convinced by the coach uh, and the, uh, and their ideas anymore, and it was difficult for them to. Uh, if it, it was difficult for the both Garcia and Di Francesco to motivate these players and convince them, uh, convince them of their tactical ideas, the football they were going to play. I don't think that's the case with Mourinho. He still has a lot of respect for the personality that he has and uh, his charisma and. Uh, uh, I think, uh, but in terms of the football being played, yeah, it's uh, it's dreadful. And remember, even Paulo Fonseca's, uh, you know, oh, God, last yeah. few months in yeah. the league, the loss to Parma, I, Parma, I keep yeah. thinking about that. We had absolutely nothing to come up with. It was such a dysfunctional team, uh, the way they played. And that was the same case with uh, Rudy Garcia, uh, Di Francesco. You know, when 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 it started going south, it it goes you know all the way south, and with uh, with Mourinho, that's not that hasn't entirely been the case because the team has still managed to win and uh, stay somewhat uh, within the range of top four, but. Uh, I, I still believe that this form, I mean, these these losses that we keep facing, they are not sustainable to to fight uh, for top four in the end. No, I completely agree. Um, I think we should wrap up on the derby della Capitale from yesterday. Um, today was the Europa League playoff draw. Real Madrid, Red Bull, Salzburg, who are in the Champions League. They were in Chelsea and AC Milan's group, if uh, if memory serves me right. And they actually did. They beat Chelsea. Did they beat Chelsea? No, they uh, in Dynamo Zagreb. Sorry, I, I have a feeling they may have got a result against Chelsea or Milan. Um, it was, I think they had a draw against. Milan. Yeah, that's the yeah that's the one they drew with Milan in the second group game. That's it. I'm was trying to wrap my head about it. Who who they managed to pick up points on? Um, Daniel, you said it on our on our WhatsApp group. You said that was probably the best draw Roma could have got after Shakhtar Donetsk. Um, 
I agree with you. I was thinking, please not severe because it's they're on the team that can struggle and are the architects of winning the Europa League. Ajax didn't want Ajax because they're probably licking their wounds after getting embarrassed by Liverpool and Napoli in their group. Um, Barcelona could have been an interesting story, um, but just wanted to get your thoughts, both of you on the draw. Um, Daniel, I'll start with you. Yeah, I think um, probably the second best option for us. Maybe Sporting as well could have been. I think Sporting, Salzburg and Shakhtar would have been the ones you would prefer, but certainly not easy either because, like you said, uh, Salzburg got results against Milan and Chelsea. They got two draws. Um, so they're a good good team and uh, they're known to play aggressive football as well. So certainly won't be easy and based on the way we're playing now um, I would still be a bit nervous but of course the games only take place in February so there's the time there to have back uh, Dybala, Wijnaldum and maybe a, an, an addition or two in the, in the winter transfer window so should give us a decent chance but then you know we're only then in the last 16 so it's a long long road ahead but uh also good that Juventus and uh, uh, sorry that Barcelona and Man United draw each other. So uh, hopefully we lose one of them then, uh, and maybe we we avoid the winner of that in the next round too. So yeah, I think we have to be kind of happy with that so far. But I wouldn't underestimate them either. No, they do have one of the hot commodities of European football. Uh, but sadly, he is off to Red Bull Leipzig in in the uh, in the summer transfer window. That's Benjamin Sheshko, who is a I think he's either Slovenian or Slovakian. Slovenian, um, yeah. Slovenian international. He's like nineteen twenty, and he's he's one of the hot commodities in European football at the moment. And he's going to be one of the they say one the kids. And if you play a simulated football game as I do, he turns out to be a real superstar. Um, Imran, what were your thoughts on the uh, Europa League uh, playoff draw? Yeah, I think just like you guys said, it could have been far worse. Mm. And uh, ultimately, we were quite lucky in the end. But I, th- I still think it will be a difficult game. I think they're a good side. Uh, so it's not like we will be facing uh, Ludogorets or anything like that. Uh, but still, I, I don't think it's, it will. they're not as good as Real Betis, but somewhere there in between. So um, we need to be concentrated and... And we have to work hard uh, to progress. Yeah, I think it will be a tough, tough ask, a tough challenge. And as Daniel said, the game is what three months away, three and a bit months away. We've got February. You've got a couple of games left in Serie A. You've got a break for the World Cup, and you've probably got eight, maybe ten games in Serie A and the Coppa Italia before that. Before that what, game. And also, sorry, 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 sorry no, to no. interrupt. But what might work against them, I think, well, maybe it will work for them. I don't know. But I know that Austria take a very long winter break. Winter so break, I'm, not yeah. sure, I'm not sure they'll play much football before they play us. So, no, yeah. Whereas I think we will have already played over six, seven games. So yeah. might be an advantage for us too. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, so would Austria and Germany go on like this sort of long winter break? I know after next weekend Germany don't come back until like late January. So I wonder, would that be the same way in Austria? Yes, I just look now. So Salzburg will only come back to play on the 3rd of February. So they'll play two oh, wow. games and then they'll play the Europa League game. So I think that would benefit us more. So yeah. um, 
Yeah. That is a very, very long winter break. But yeah, I'm quietly looking forward to Ty. It's a couple of months away, but yeah, it should be interesting. And as Daniel rightly said, both Barcelona and Manchester United getting each other. And that is, that is a Champions League tie in a Europa League knockout qualifier for the the latter part of the the competition it's just mad and just weird of what football has become in 2022 um guys should we go to listeners questions as uh imran put out a tweet this morning uh we got quite a few responses and we got one from one of us this evening and i got one from danny uh it's a very good question by the way and we've already talked a part about it with it quite clear now that Mourinho is finished at the highest level, in which month next year will he leave the club? <laughs> pray for your, yeah, pray for your mentions, by the way, Danny. Good I luck. Have answer, I have to answer my own question. I will <laughs> say to the, to the listeners that I, I'm a late, I'm a late sub on the on the podcast. He is, week, so. yes, he is. By the so way, yes, I don't set up my own questions usually, but um, I'm. I think now he will leave at the end of the season, so call it May or, or June, whenever. But um, And I think the way it will pan out is that we will miss out on Champions League football and that economic, uh, the effect of that economically will mean we do have to sell some players and I don't think he's prepared to have an even weaker team because I think he probably thinks this team is not strong enough for him, so... If he's faced with the prospect of an even weaker team, I think he might call his agent and maybe get some other offers going. Um, whether there will be any, um, I don't know. But I think that's how ultimately this will play out. I, I don't think he, he does a third season, and certainly not at this rate. And uh, maybe Mourinho fans will, ag- will agree with me on this because I think they might see as well that he's probably not going to get the investment that they think he needs. Um because I think they agree with me in that Mourinho needs an absolutely world-class, exceptional team in order to be successful. So mm. not going to get that at Roma. So probably best he moves on, I think. So probably may. Do you think he might be waiting out for an international job after the World Cup if it comes along, like a Portugal national job? I, I used, think- to th- used to think that, but it's a bit a pity of how the World Cup's in the middle of the season because yeah. I don't really see him leaving midway through a season. No, no, no. Let's say if the if yeah. I, if the Portugal job does come up after the World Cup, he mm. might just say to to the freakings, "Hi, I might be interested in this. Is it okay if we may cut ties?" Because I completely agree. Um, mm. like, do you remember his first year at Chelsea where he had that team with the money he spent? I know it was a different era, but I do agree that he needs to have the money to build a team. And I do agree with that. Some Jose fans have said that on social media and say he may need a Hazard, he may need a Memphis Depay and such and such. Maybe an Ndombele on the wages he is at, was at Spurs. But do you think that he may wait until, it, until the end of the season to say, I do fancy taking the Portugal job if Portugal do fail at the World Cup? Yeah, I think so. But well, I think even um, the name of the manager escapes me of the Portugal national Fernando team. Santos. Yes, but I think he confirmed he's retiring. So ah, okay, yeah, that's understandable. Yeah, I think the job will be open. The only problem is that the uh, UEFA European Championship qualifying will already begin in March. So ah, I think, yeah, so okay. will he will have to either leave 
you know, he will have to take it as that job opens. I don't think they'll wait until the summer to appoint someone. Maybe, maybe though, if it's if they know that they're going to get Mourinho, maybe Portugal would wait. But um, yeah, tricky. Yeah, I would probably say end of the season um, if Roma do not get Champions League football, and evidently they may have to sell maybe a, a Roger Abanez or a Zaniolo or someone else. There, God forbid, a Zaleski if it does happen. But yeah, um, because he will not want to have a weaker squad. I do completely agree with you, Daniel. Imran, could it be over the World Cup for you? Just cut ties now, or that that is tongue in cheek, by the way. That is, do not take that seriously, or do you wait until the end of the season? I, I don't think it's uh, it's likely that uh, anything will happen now. I don't think. Uh, uh, the club, um, you know, economically it will be difficult uh, to part ways, and I don't think it will be uh, the right thing to do. Uh, but uh, at the end of the season, like I said, if uh, if he doesn't get top four, he will be frustrated because he, like Danny said, that will mean um, that the squad might uh, get weakened further and uh, won't suit him, and that will. You know, sometimes there are, you know, better ways of ending marriages and good ways. And I think uh, the fans will be grateful for him because he really tried his best. He brought a lot of enthusiasm to uh, to the team, to the city, and um, he really tried hard. But sometimes, despite your efforts, things don't go the way you wanted. I think he will probably be a bit disappointed with the lack of money being spent on players, he probably would have liked better players. And that's understandable. Any coach would want better players. But we were we were not in that uh, position financially to give him that. So I think there will be a bit uh, regret from both sides that uh, could have been... Uh, you probably would have, uh, would have liked things to have ended in a different way for both uh, parties. But uh, I think... At the end of the season, I wouldn't say uh, not just Portugal, but he could be a potential candidate for England as well because he's he's always said that he's been in, interested in the national team of England and it feels like uh, you know feels as if England is his second country, so that could be an option as well. But I think a lot of coaches will get sacked after the World Cup. That's usually uh, you know although that's being mid-season, so so yeah. But I think. I think this project has to produce top four finish for it to continue. Otherwise, I I really don't see how it will how, how it can continue because that will mean that we, uh, as a consequence of our, you know our investments, have to you know cut short on losses. We have to get rid of players. We need to because we have a financial fair play to think about as well. We have to comply with those rules. Um, and also for the for the financial sustainability of the club, uh, so so we did gamble a lot, uh, you know, a bit with uh, some of the players we signed on free transfer with their wages, sign on fees, and uh, and it's only natural to expect that you would finish top four. So mm. if we don't, I think uh, I think uh, we have to part ways and. Um, nothing you know 
it doesn't have to be you know anything it doesn't have to turn inflammatory uh, uh, <laughs> despite uh, a certain fan group wanting you to do that but it's just probably the best way for uh, them to do that and for me it's looking difficult I really hope that uh, we'll finish top four but I think it's looking difficult for me personally anyway it's, I think with yesterday's result and with the momentum some teams are picking up at the moment, it's getting it's going to be harder and harder to finish in the top four. Um, so yeah, because got, also, sorry, Scott, but also remember, uh, everyone has been talking about the XG. You know, oh god, yeah. Oh, don't worry, don't worry. The XG is good. You know, the XG is good. First of all, secondly, we we were inferior in the XG, and secondly, nothing is happening. And uh, so the XG won't get you anywhere. Uh, you can speak about XG as much as you want, but uh, despite uh, the XG, we, we've seen performances like the one yesterday um, throughout the season for most parts of the game. You're unable to to break down uh, defenses like that, organize defenses, teams that lie deep. We've been unable to do that, so... That's uh, that's an important factor to consider also. I've missed the XG chat. I saw the XG for the game yesterday. Both teams were under zero. I think, uh, sorry, word zero. Uh, I think Roma were 0.58 and Lazio was 0.29, if, if my memory serves me right. So, yeah, uh, we, we won't talk about XG um, on that. Um, Baldi Romanista is AS Roma Bristol UK. It's just sent in a gif with a... Uh, of a man smashing his head against the wall saying, why, why, why? I think I was feeling that after the derby yesterday. I imagine quite a few Roma fans were. Um, the Gracchi brothers, this is a very good question, by the way. What's wrong with Kumbula? Question mark. We paid close to 30 million for him, but Mourinho seems to prefer Zeki Celic and even Matthias Vigneault over him. Um, not sure what's wrong with him, but it does seem that uh, I'm pretty sure he will be sold either in January or loaned, or or maybe we have to wait till the summer. But very ominous for his future if he's being uh, if Vigne is preferred ahead of him at centre back. Yeah, I would have thought Kumbula would have played on Thursday against Ludogorets, but he did prefer, prefer sorry, did prefer Vinya. I wonder if the injury that Kumbula got against Monza may have hampered him a little bit in the in the games that he missed. Um but there is maybe a, a feeling that they may cut ties with him. I do sort of agree. And it I wonder if like a uh, Roman may go in for another defender in January, but who knows? Uh, we do have a couple more. Uh, Yasir Elshimi. Why can't we bench players who are cast- uh, catastrophically, oh my God, catastrophically out of form like Tammy, Lorenzo, Rick and Brian? I would start Aldor, Valpato, Chalek and Bove over them. And then Tony Towner Trio is, is coming with some with some comments with do you not think Lazio's squad is better than Roma's and more importantly better at playing in the style of manager demands and then uh, Fuzzy Piano one is chimed in and saying Lazio's squad without their top scorer and their top assister 
and it's just yeah open a bottle of worms um and there's some very good points um tony talentry is i replied still still better and i'm afraid in my opinion which players who played last night were getting a lazio side so pretty much all of them (laughs) pretty much all of all of our players i think would start ahead of lazio's players from last night honestly Mm. Um, I think Immobile, no, no one in our team currently would bench Immobile in his kind of form and maybe Milinkovic Savage. But yeah. Luis Alberto? Mm, yeah, I guess. But who who does he bench of Roma? Pellegrini or. Cristante. Cristante. Or mm. perhaps Cristante is too. But remember, but remember if uh, Luis Alberto would have played for us, I think he would have struggled as well. Yeah, I'm yeah, certain of that. I'm certain of that. I think, that's, that. The, I think that's the been, point. And Imran's right about that. Yeah, it doesn't really yeah. matter. He would have been pigeoned. I think like like a DM, but he's not a DM. He's a creative yeah. attacking midfielder who needs to flourish. I think of the players yesterday. I think the only player that would have gone straight into Rome, I think, would be Lazzari. Uh, uh yeah. Uh, uh, I think I think the problem was uh, Lazzari. Uh, perhaps Romagnoli because he's um, no 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 no. I have to no ways no. no. <laughs> <laughs> You're not getting on the Alessia Romagnoli hype train. In you know I I personally don't like him, but I think uh, I, for me he's better than Mancini. No, not as a footballer, as a human being, yes, probably, but uh, <laughs> as a footballer, I think Mancini's great. Mancini will always, I mean. The Conference League goal of Zaniolo is from an incredible pass from Mancini. Uh, that is true. That is his passing, true. His passing is really quality. It's just his head that's the problem. But for me, Romagnoli would clean the boots of Cristante in the Roma squad. <laughs> I think there's a lot of personal vendetta there, but I, I get that. <laughs> can I can I add uh, Casale, who they bought from Hellas Verona? I think he's a very, very good defender, and I think he would he would get in the Roma side. Yeah, he's decent, yeah. And maybe even Providell has had a very good season. Rui Patricio's made a few mistakes. But um, but I think on the balance, Roma's squad is, is stronger. And I think last yesterday, if you swap the managers, Roma wins. Um, so I, I think that's at least my point from, from all of it. And, you know, in that in from the questions that we got sent in, they were saying, uh, is it about the players that are more suited to playing for Sarri? Uh, like Sarri in a comparison to the players that Mourinho has are not suited to him. I think the only players suited to Mourinho are like 11 world-class players. That's the only way he can get good results, I feel like. Um, on Yassir's question, do you think that is a problem that we don't bench players who are out of form? Because I was at the game on Thursday and there were people behind me that were getting very frustrated with Tommy Abraham. He looks a shadow of himself as last season. Yeah, I think I think, but you know, Mourinho has answered this question from his perspective in the press conference. He said he cannot bench these guys because the team will will struggle even more. So, I, I guess that's his take on it. I mean, I think there needs to be a, b- a bit more meritocracy. I think Abraham probably does need to rest. He's probably trying too hard. Um, but you know, Mourinho's already answered that. I think. We were talking about Gianluca Mancini, and with the new football manager game is out. Do you two want to know what his aggression is? Out of 20. 22. 
<laughs> no, it's not that high. It's actually oh. quite. It's uh, it, so it's so Gianluca Mancini's aggression, and I saw this on the beta version because uh, I watched a YouTube video of someone signing him for their Leicester save. Um, his his aggression is nineteen out of twenty. <laughs> So that's just bonkers. So Football Manager is proceeding real life on Gianluca Mancini's stats. I thought I'd just bring that up on as we were talking about it. But I do I do agree with you, Daniel. I do think he's there is I know his idol is the legend of Matrix, Marco Materazzi, and me and Imran have talked talked about this on the podcast, but he does have moments of quality and that three ball for the goal for the final is top class. It's a wonderful pass to Zaniolo for the goal. He does have that in him, but then he does have moments where you're thinking, what the hell is he doing? Like starting a fight with Felix Afina Gian after the final <laughs> and then just getting booked constantly. And he could have been sent off yesterday. There was moments I was thinking, do not do anything stupid. Cause he, he, he would have been, if he didn't come off at half time, I think oh, he, God. Was, yeah. he was on for a red card. Yeah. yeah it was a, he's a walking yellow card. I think yeah. hasn't he been booked close to 30 times? in his Roma career, 30, 30 odd times. Yeah. Uh, Zakani had him in his back pocket, but yeah. Uh, fine. Our final thought question is from Paul Jones, aka you're at your generation seven. He says, Pellegrini's injury, Tommy's loss of confidence and the lack of creativity. Dybala possibly back for the, tur- for the Torino game, according to reports. Uh, I, I, I don't think Dybala will be risked. Uh, you know, I think he would really like to feature at the World Cup, so I'm not sure that he will play for us uh, in the game against Torino, but I don't know what Imran thinks. About Dybala, would you risk him against Torino? No... If he's fit, then fair enough. Let him play. But I think if he's uh, if he's not one hundred percent, there's no need to to risk him. And not for the World Cup. Of course, the World Cup means a lot. But I think um, on a general note, you should be able to beat Torino without without a player like Dybala. A, a Torino side who seem to be struggling at the moment as they lost to Bologna. At the weekend on a yeah. Sunday, Sunday lunch lunchtime, they lost the Derby della Mole recently. Um, who did they play last week and they struggled? Um, Didn't they win against uh, Udinese last week? Uh, no, they played Udinese when the week before when Pakistan. Yeah, yeah, they when, beat them though, yeah, yeah, when Pakistan lost to India in that. In that game That's all cricket. forgotten now. Yeah. <laughs> the same finals. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So that was the same day as that because I was listening to one and watching the other. But no, Torino are, are, are an interesting side under Ivan Juric. Um, but Sassuolo game Wednesday. Um, what are you two thoughts on the game? Do you think Roma could get a result and bounce back as uh, they drew 2 2 in the game, the away game? In what was it February earlier this year, where Brian Cristante scored right at the end after Tammy Abraham's penalty? Yeah, it will, it will depend if we get enough corners, enough free kicks, or <laughs> set piece enough, FC, enough penalties. Yeah, if yeah. we do, then uh, I'm confident we'll win. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and just uh, on a side note, we focus a lot about the players that we are missing, but if if, if you look at 
Napoli uh, where Spalletti deserved credit for having developed a well-functioning system. Your players like Giovanni Simeone comes in. Uh, I don't think he's better than Abraham. He comes in, plays in the Champions League, scores goals. You have Jean Jesus who's playing in the central defense. Is a player like I said before, you know, barely played the last eighteen months in Roma. He's uh, the starting centre back. So if you have uh, if you have a well functioning system, uh, the players you can basically slot in any player and it will do a good job. But if you look at us, uh, we look for quality players to produce a good system. And that's that's not the way to go. That's why we struggled. That's why we struggled yesterday. So the problem with Zaniolo, Pellegrini, Abraham, Bellotti, anyone who plays in attack for us uh, will not be will not be so we will we will keep struggling until uh, we find a system. Dybalo, to an extent uh, to an extent is also part of the problem because. Uh, you can build a system which, uh, which in which he will be become even better. But he has some basic qualities which is uh, you know far above rest of the players. So individually, he's able to uh, uh, create magic from almost nothing. That's why he he looks better. But I think ultimately there's potential to make him uh, play even better if you have a better system. So. Um, so unless we sort that out, it will it will it will be the same. You never know which Roma you will get uh, um, against Asuolo against Torino. It remains to be seen. It's, it's difficult to be optimistic because uh, um, there's so inconsistency in terms of performances and even results. That's that's worrying. It's very Jekyll and Hyde at the moment. It's one performance or one half of football is really good and then the rest isn't. So it could be an inconsistent Roma in the next two games where they could pick up just three points. You could see Roma pick up six or you could see Roma picking up two. So it's very, very hard to tell. Um, do you guys have anything else to have uh, to talk about? Sorry, we've almost rambled on for an hour talking about the Derby defeat and et cetera, et cetera. Do you two have anything else to add? I think you should give a shout out to that tweet. I think that was on my next port of call, actually. Uh, Imran. Uh, so Chris to Sanctus, this is a very good, he's, he's I had two tweets and one of them is, uh, been retweeted by La Magicast. He's in Rome at the moment and was at the Derby yesterday. I think he was at the Ludogorets game also. Um, ah, finally blocked by the biggest moron. This, uh, this app has ever seen was this, was this lost Romans Roma's fault? The city, the people in the city, or the freakings because we didn't spend 200 million euros, or was it because sending long balls and praying doesn't work? LMAK, Pezzo de Merda. And then he follows up, by the way, I'm a massive fan of Moo, but pretending he's at fault for absolutely nothing is moronic. If you believe that, fuck you and have a great day. That's exactly, that's exactly what I've been thinking and, my <laughs> this is my take throughout Mourinho's spell. We expect a lot, but it's stupid to to claim that he's he has absolutely no responsibility mm-hmm. in the results whatsoever. 
by the way, you can follow Chris at C DeSantis. So that's C D E S A N T I S O five. Uh, I think you'll get a bit of a shout out when we uh, produce this pod uh, when it comes out tomorrow morning. Uh, I, guys, I think that's a pretty much about it. Should we wrap this podcast up? We've gone literally close to an hour. I want to thank you both for coming on on this Monday evening. And Daniel, thank you very much for being the late substitute. So the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer to winning the Champions League in 1999. I hope some people get that reference. I prefer a Rodrigo today. Okay, yeah, okay. Well, with, <laughs> with with the Aurelio trick against Olympiacos, which the, which the anniversary of that was a couple of weeks ago, and I missed it because it's an absolute wonderful trick. Um, I just will say this on Thursday. So the eleven uh, Thursday or Friday? Uh, when's the eleventh? So the eleventh is Friday. And that is the anniversary, the sad anniversary. I wanted to bring this up because there were some pictures when I was walking around Rome on Thursday and Wednesday. Uh, it's Gabriella Sandri's uh, anniversary on Friday and the sad, sad death of him on that November morning, in Sunday, Sunday the 11th of November in 2007, when he was killed in the car uh, by a policeman. I want to pay my respects because it's uh, it was a horrible crime what happened and I'm just say rest in peace Gabriele it's it's no one it's what 14 years 14 15 years if my maths is correct you're 14 no one should ever go to a football game and come uh, and never come back so rest in peace Gabriele yeah echo that right guys we 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 we're, we're done we're pretty much done uh you can follow us at lemagicast.com and you can see our previous podcasts on on the website you can find us on all podcast platforms say apple soundcloud tunein podbean spotify etc 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 daniel thank you very much for being the last minute rodrigo tadai overhead kick aurelio <laughs> winning penalties against Lazio in the 2009-2010 derby. Thank you very much. My pleasure. And Imran, we made it to the semi-finals of the ICC Champions, uh, the ICC 20 T20 yes. World Cup. We will suffer on Wednesday and Thursday. Thank you again for joining. Thank you. See you on Saturday for the deal, final. Deal. Pakistan. Deal. Deal. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, guys. Thank you very much. Apologies for the rambling for an hour. It had to be done after Rome's shit show last night. Ciao. Ciao.